Some people call me Hillbilly Some people call me Mountain Man You can call me Appalachia Appalachia's what I am There's the real truth, then there's the heel truth. Welcome back to another episode of the Heel Truth Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Ted Hill, the Hillbilly Hill. That's right, Ted, T-E-D-H-I-L-L, the H-I-L-L-B-I-L-L-Y-H-E-E-L. And if you can't already figure it out, we're going to be talking about Double J, Jeff Jarrett. And he is all elite this week. Uh, but first, we just want to thank each and every one of you for your support. Uh, had some great feedback and uh, a lot of support last week. This episode about MJF being the heel world champion in AEW. So uh, we appreciate everyone that listened to that. And you can uh, listen to that and all the other episodes in the archives or what we say the older episodes um you know i'm on spotify google apple um iheart anywhere you get your audio listening pleasure you can find us and if there's somewhere we're not then send me a message i'll let my producer daniel know and he will uh, be sure to uh get us on that platform but we appreciate that. And we'd also appreciate if you'd run over to Apple and if you got your Apple products or, uh, if you're not on Apple, maybe a significant other or maybe your kids or maybe somebody in your family's got Apple, run over there to Apple. If you like this podcast, give it a five star review. Uh, that helps the algorithm out and, uh, really helps get this podcast out there so more people can listen to it and if you leave an actual review down there you know you give that five star rating and then go down and uh leave a review i try to read out at least one of them each week and uh this week uh, we got one from raymond robertson says wow amazing i never miss an episode my favorite podcast out there um then also we got Liza41ED says, thank you. Amazing show. Love you all. Thanks. Well, we appreciate that, Liza and Raymond. Uh, that means a lot to us when you uh, put those five-star reviews in there and leave those. And, and we couldn't do this show without each and every one of you. So we appreciate that. Um, you can also find this show. Uh, on the Smacked Raw channel. We're part of their network there, so you can find all the new episodes also over there. So you, you can find us on The Hill Truth, or if you're already listening to Smacked Raw and you see us on that channel, uh, those guys also have YouTube and their uh, videos and live Twitch, and they even got a Patreon. Smackdraw Patreon. I encourage you to check that out if you want to become a member of the Patreon. Uh, I do exclusive audio uh, episodes on the Patreon. In October, I did um, an episode about Magnum TA and Tully Blanchard and their famous I Quit match. 
back in the day for you old school fans. And then another old school one, real old school. I did uh, Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer versus Tommy Wildfire Rich in the last battle of Atlanta. Uh, that was a classic steel cage match. The cage had a top on it. And they said that that was the inspiration behind Hell in a Cell. So go over there and check those out. Uh, we'll have uh, some more exclusive audio coming up here in the next few weeks on the Patreon. But uh, you can go over to Smack Raw, check out the family, uh, the Rewind. And uh, that's with uh, Kyle and RN. And also Bot Spots and Chair Shots with uh, Will and Allison and then a uh, frequent guest they have on there, uh, Bobby. So you can check all them out. And also, after I release these episodes, uh, if you all don't know, you can find me on Twitter at Hillbilly Hill, and that's right now the only social media I'm really on. Uh, but usually I drop these episodes on Monday, and then around Tuesday or Wednesday, you can go over there and check out my pinned tweet. And, you know, it's promoting the podcast. But down in the comments, I give shout outs to a bunch of great podcasts and great wrestling accounts. And you can check all them out, check out their content, check out the stuff that they put on Twitter. And uh, then they have other stuff like YouTube, Instagram, TikTok and all that. So you can check those uh, accounts out and we appreciate each and every one of them for their support and there are just too many of them to name out but uh, we do thank each and every one of them so like I said this week we're going to talk about Double J Jeff Jarrett in AEW you know as he's become all elite so we got to take a quick commercial break okay got to get an advertisement in there and then you just hang on and we're going to be right back and uh, we're going to get into Double J. Christmas season is upon us. Do you need to find some good Christmas gifts for your family? Then if you're in the North Carolina area, be sure to stop by Sharon's Discount Flea Market. That's right. It's an indoor flea market, conveniently uh, located right off of interstate 77 and interstate 40 at the crossroads there you can get off 77 at the statesville uh, auto auction exit or if you're on 40 you can get off at the walmart exit and it's on turnersburg highway you can go indoors there so you can get out of the weather and you got everything you'd want in a flea market you can find tools and clothes and furniture and toys for the kids. They got a little bit of everything at this flea market. So go in there today and go ahead and get your Christmas shopping done when you're going by there and tell them that Ted sent you. So at Sharon's Discount Flea Market in Statesville, North Carolina. All right. Thank you for staying through that little ad break there. Um, I apologize if you hear a little bit of rumbling, a little bit of noise. We got some construction going on outside the uh, Moonshine Media headquarters here. Uh, we got some construction crews out there. We are building a uh, helicopter pad uh, to uh, land the helicopter on. As you know, I, I let Daniel use the helicopter because not only is he my producer, but he's also engaged in a uh, Hollywood, you know, movies and music videos, stuff like that. So 
he takes a helicopter. Uh, we found that uh, it takes a little bit longer in a helicopter to get from North Carolina to uh, California, but it's a little bit cheaper on gas. You know what I mean? Got that jet fuel on them private planes and stuff. And I just told him, you know, I'm not buying you a plane. I'll buy you a helicopter. Um, you know, and I use a helicopter some every now and then. Go down to the Walmart, uh, landed on top of the building. They've allowed me to land a helicopter down there so I can uh, get through a little bit of traffic and uh, go down there and buy some stuff at the Walmart. Okay. Also, uh, before I get in this, some of y'all have asked me about Antarctica and I am so sorry I haven't been able to give you all the dates yet uh, for the meet and greet. They have postponed it. They had a major iceberg incident down there in Antarctica, but we appreciate every, all the fans in Antarctica because, you know, we are the number one podcast down there. Uh, and that's not just wrestling. That's number one overall. So we appreciate all of our fans down there. All right. Double J, Jeff Jarrett is all elite. Uh, you know, I don't really do show reviews, but we talked about heels and I thought, what better time to talk about Double J because he showed up on AEW. Nobody knew it was coming. I mean, that was a crazy show last Wednesday on Dynamite. You had Double J, you had Rick Ross. Uh, I mean, you know, it was Shibata showed up and then ended up wrestling on Rampage on Friday night. So crazy show. Um, and I know a lot of podcasts will be talking about Crown Jewel and stuff over the weekend and be honest, I was out of town, and I still haven't got a chance to watch it. So I'll be watching that, uh, or at least finishing it up, you know, watching some of it today. But I want to talk about Double J, because here's the way I look at heels, and I know people are different. And they have their own subjective opinions. But me, when I look at a heel, and I say heel psychology, I say heel 101, Okay. When I look at a heel, I'm looking for four major things. First, promo skills. Can a heel cut a promo? Second, heat. Can they draw heat? Can they get the fans to boo them? Can they get the fans to want to see them get their ass kicked? Okay. I mean, Arn Anderson has said this years ago, and it's a pretty good proven template to go by in wrestling promotion but he says baby faces sell merchandise heels sell tickets because you got to have that great antagonist you got to have that great villain because without a great villain you know your hero isn't much so you got to have that great villain um and a heel that can draw heat and get fans to want to see them get beat up. Fans want to see them lose. Fans want to see them get their comeuppance, as you might say. So, mic skills, heat. Uh, the third thing I look for is how do they sell in the ring? How do they take punishment? How do they, when the babyface makes the comeback, how do they you know, sell the injury, sell the move. And, and by doing that, uh, how do they make their opponent look good? Because, again, heels can win championships. Heels can be anti-heroes. Heels can be whatever. But at the end of the day, 
the heel's job is to make the uh, good guy, the face, look good. And that's what they should be there for, is to make the opponent look good. So how do they do that? And fourth and finally, what I look for in a heel is how can they take losses? Because when you go on one of those websites, like uh, Cage Match or one of those other things that show all these records and wins and losses, and you go over all-time wins and losses on your heels, I mean, most of them have more losses, you know, than they do wins, or at least they're 50-50. Whereas I'm sure you get on people like, um, you know, John Cena or even Hogan during his run of Hulkamania, uh, you know, and some of these other great baby faces, their winning record is going to be more. But great heels are going to be either lose a little more or in, at the end of the day, 50-50. So I'm looking for a heel that can lose. They will win their amount of championships. They'll win their amount of matches to keep the heat going. Because really, that's all their wins are. Their wins are to really part of the heat. Their main job is to lose. And can they take a loss? Can it hurt their credibility? Uh, or can they take a loss and come back and then again, using that promo skill, spin that loss, and you've done forgot about it? Okay? Because they know how to move on and go and keep going. That's the thing I, I you know, I've heard Rick Flair say that, you know, he didn't mind to lose. He didn't mind to do the job. And that's the reason he has 20 world championships. Okay. And again, 16 is what WWE tells you. The real record's 20 or 22. Okay. But it's at least 20. So, but how did he win the title so much? He had to lose it. I mean, think about other. Triple H has what? 12, 13, 14. Triple H spent most of that time as a heel, losing. Randy Orton has, what, I think 12 or 13 or 14. He's the next one up there. How'd he do it? Losing. The only one close to uh, Flair as far as that world championship uh, would probably be like John Cena. Uh, and he did it as a face. And, you know, that's a special circumstance. But, you know, for the most part, your heels are the ones who lose the title a lot and then can win it back and they can take the heat. So that's the fourth thing I'm looking for is a heel that can lose. All right. So how can we apply these four things that uh, I think what make a real great heel into Jeff Jarrett and how he will be beneficial for AEW? Well, first, Jeff Jarrett, let's go back. Babyface in Memphis in Continental Wrestling Association with his dad, makes a jump um, to WWF in the early 90s. We get the Double J Cowboy character, uh, the vignettes, all the stuff. How did he do those four things? Promos, he got on your nerves. He drew heat. Uh, you just wanted to see him get beat up. The cockiness, the arrogance. Uh, in ring, he would sail. He would take a lot of losses, but yet, you know, he would win the Intercontinental title. Um, he had all this stuff. Then the fallout, uh, we've heard the stories about how he walked out and left. So 
he leaves. Uh, him and Road Dog at the time was just Roadie. He leaves. He jumps ships to WCW. Right as the NWO stuff is getting ready to take off there in, what, 95, 96. So he gets there, and he only signed a year contract, and this was a thing um, that I thought they really missed an opportunity on. He becomes part of the Horseman, and I thought they could have run that story a little better than they did, and it ended up just being him and Mongo feuding with Deborah. You know, he didn't really have a good blow-off match with Flair. You know, they could have really turned that into a great storyline where he's trying to take control of the Horseman, different things. But either way, he still was not locked. You know, and at this time, when you got the emergence of the NWO and you've got the Dungeon of Doom still lurking around all this, the Horsemen a lot of times were baby faces. And when he's feuding with Benoit and Mongo, it's like, you know, he knew how to get heat. He was still hated. And he was only there for a year goes back to WWE, uh, you know, and he goes through all that stuff and the attitude error goes back to the cowboy gimmick has, uh, you know, Tennessee Lee or Robert Fuller or Colonel Parker, whatever you want to call his manager. He's doing this. He's assaulting women hitting. I mean, May Young with a guitar shot, you know, he's just beating up women, putting them in the figure four, all this kind of stuff loads of heat then he gets in the match with china drops the ic title to her jumps back to wcw at the end there and i don't even really want to talk about that in 2000 because it didn't matter how good you were there russo and all the stuff going on there made that ridiculous but anyway he still was there then you know he doesn't get picked up by ww uh e when uh, they buy out wcw he starts TNA. Okay. So you got the TNA impact run all those years. And here's the thing from a business perspective. Yes, he may have booked himself as champion. Yes, he may have done all that. But in the early years, after they got their TV deal, they were actually profitable. And that's a lot of people don't think about. And it really wasn't until after the end of the decade when Bischoff and Hogan and them and Panda Energy had complete control of everything and all that, that they really started losing money. And uh, you can go back and check Jeff Jarrett on his podcast. Uh, I'd actually love his podcast because he goes behind the scenes and does a deep dive into this stuff. But, you know, there were so many things going on. But the early TNA run in the mid-2000s, yeah, there were some crazy storylines, but there was actually some great wrestling, some great stuff. You had Kurt Angle come on over. You had the emergence of Samoa Joe and AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels and some of these guys from the X Division and different things and a lot of great matches. You know, you had Sting show up and here Jeff Jarrett was uh, with every one of them. And regardless whether he was booking himself to win or whatever as far as championships and main events, he still drew heat. People did not like him. And then you finish up the TNA stuff, you know, and in between this time, he's got triple A, he goes down there. And if you hear the stories down there, when Jeff Jarrett would go into Mexico, that major heat, you know, the stuff that, uh, I think the one of the first times he went down there, was it tacos or enchiladas or burritos? He was throwing them out to the crowd and, oh, and they said they still boo him to this day when he goes back down there. So he's done some stints there, all the different stuff. 
come back behind the scenes with WWE and uh, GCW, you know, all this stuff he's done. And I mean, that's the thing if you think about this year. I mean, what other wrestler has done GCW, Triple A? Um, he did a, a little bit of a guest spot on NWA, and he, I think he had a guest spot in Impact. He does all that. He does Ric Flair's last match. On the same weekend, he refs the semi-main event at SummerSlam and then shows up in AEW. Every one of these promotions in 2022. Um, I put in a comment to someone's uh, tweet that Jeff Jarrett has officially broken the hinges off the forbidden door, took it and hung it on a wall in his mansion because he's been everywhere this year and he keeps going back. When you think you got Jeff Jarrett down, he will come back. And here he is now in AEW. So what does that mean? He has a backstage role, uh, business stuff, and I think he'll do fine. He'll give Tony Khan. Also, you know, I think everybody's noticed that, you know, Tony Khan has been a one-man show, and he's been burning the candle at both ends, as the old uh, proverbial saying goes, and he's got a lot on his plate. So if he can get somebody who's been in the wrestling business, now I'm not saying Jeff Jarrett needs to be booking. Okay, I'm not saying that, but can he pitch an idea? Maybe, but if he's helping on the business end, because again, we can say what we want about TNA and impact in the product, but they've been going on for 20 years, 20 years, and they've been moseying along and, uh, you know, they're doing all right. So, you know, somebody's doing something so he can do some business stuff. I think he can help Tony Khan on that. He can do this, you know, whether it's house shows, some international stuff. He does have a lot of experience with the international stuff. Because, see, that's another thing a lot of people don't realize because when we talk ratings and we talk stuff like that, we always talk about the American market. But the international market is completely different. That's like AEW. Uh, I saw some reports and some stuff. And, I mean, I, I don't know they're verified. I don't know if they're true. But some of the reports I saw that, uh, like in the U.K. and in parts of Europe, the AEW actually outdraws WWE on a weekly basis. Don't know. But I do know that TNA Impact back in the day got real good numbers in the UK and over there. And they did a lot of tours over there and shows. So, you know, he has some experience in that. So I think he'll be okay backstage. And everybody got worried and all upset on Twitter. Why'd they hire Jeff Jarrett? Well, there's certain weight reasons. And one, I think it's going to be a more of a backstage role. I do not think we're going to see uh, uh, him on TV every week. He'll be in some select feuds. And this is the thing that I like, um, just like with Sting. So, you know, it starts out. Jay Lethal looks like it'll probably be Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett against uh, Darby and Sting, probably at the pay-per-view. And you think about it. Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal were against Flair and Andrade for Flair's last match. You know, so... He can come in, he can draw heat, he, you know, he shows up on television, you know, completely unexpected, does the guitar shot to Darby Allen, cuts the promo to everybody in the back, to Sting, all that stuff. People are booing him, you know, and I think it'll be a nice little match. And there's already an angle, there's a story between Sting and Jeff Jarrett from the past. So you got all these factors that they can do. And like I said, he's done the promo. He he may take the pin. I mean, he's not afraid. He said that before in interviews, just like Ric Flair. You know, you can beat him. And his record showed that he gets beat a lot. 
and he doesn't mind to do the job. Uh, for all you say about his TNA and him booking himself to be the world champion, he lost a lot in TNA too. So I could definitely see him taking the pinfall. Um, so the promo, heat, selling. He is very underrated as selling and making a wrestler look good. Is he going to give you a, a, a five or six star match like Brian Danielson or Okada or Kenny Omega? No but he can make an opponent of any size look good. He can make one his size. He can make a technical wrestler look good. He can make a big guy look good. He can make an aerial guy look good. So he can sell and he knows how to make people look good. Um, you know, and I thought about the Flair match. If regardless of what you want to say about Ric Flair and how it went down, Jeff Jarrett was the star of that show. He came in drawing huge heat, interacting with the fans, the stalling tactic, I've talked about this before, you know, old school during the middle of the match, he rolls out and acts like he's going to walk back up the ramp. And oh God, people just hate that because they paid money to see a match. They don't want to see either wrestler just walk away. So immediate heat. And then we've talked about on my show and other shows have talked about the new kayfabe on how they use social media. Okay. If you listen to his podcast, after the attack on Flair at the press conference and the stuff going on that they released uh, on his podcast, he kept it all kayfabe. Him and Conrad were going at it, and he was talking about Flair and all this, and I mean, it was like, man, he's really getting into this. So I think he can do a great job with that. And uh, like I said, losses. He can take losses. So here you've already got a situation where Sting wrestles in a limited role in a tag team with Darby Allen and has showed amazing at 63 some of the stuff he's done and willing to do. And he's given Darby a little bit of, okay, you know, people get interested in Darby. Maybe some of the old school fans who are like, you know, who is this little puny skateboarding kid? But you see him with Sting, and it's like, okay. So you get a little interested. And you may not like his style. You may not think, oh, he's not credible, but he knows how to get beat up. He knows how to be thrown around, too. He does not care about his body. And, uh, you know, he's a good technical wrestler, too. And uh, so I think that would be a good match. And I think that Jeff Jarrett will, you know, maybe eat the pin and, you know, let Darby pin him or even Sting, however you want to do it. But I think it'll be a good match. Then here's the possibility. Let him work behind the scenes. But think about some of these younger guys that are in AEW that need a heel that just isn't in a faction. I mean, yeah, he's with Jay Lethal and all that, but a lot of these faction heels and some of them, and I'm not opposed to it, but needs some, uh, sometimes some, you know, a little ump in the storyline or somebody to get beat. Now, Jay Lethal's been sort of that mid-card mid guard, mid heel that's been getting beat a lot by different people, but, you know, Jeff Jarrett has some name value. Uh, and I think that that will be good that he can take some losses. And like I said, think about it. So let's say Darby gets a good win over Jeff Jarrett. Let's say a couple months from now, he starts a little feud with one of the other up and coming baby faces like Ricky Starks. Okay. Cause again, we always talk about, well, you know, uh, we got all these people in AEW we love and they're all getting jobbed out and they're all not being booked right. And they, they, they can't afford to take another loss. Jeff Jarrett can afford to take as many losses as they want. 
You let him win a couple of matches, draw his heat. And like Ricky Starks, great promo battle between the two. I think that would be great. Uh, you know, sign me up for that. I'd love to see Ricky Starks and Jeff Jarrett in a little mini program. Um, sort of like Jungle Boy was doing with Christian. You know, Christian come in with that same role. You know, they gave Christian some wins during his babyface stuff, let him win the Impact Championship over Kenny Omega. Then we saw the seeds for him turning on Darby or uh, Jungle Boy. Now, of course, he's injured now, and we haven't really got the big blow-off match that we wanted to see, and I think that sort of hurt the story, but Jeff Jarrett could do the same thing, maybe with Jungle Boy. But definitely, like I said, Ricky Starks, that would be a good one. Um you know, who else is a good baby face that uh, could use a little credibility, a young baby face or something like that? Uh, you may, you maybe even could do another, you know, with maybe the, you know, I don't know how it's going to work with the Blackpool Combat Club. There seems to be a little distinction there, but maybe like a Wheeler Yuta. Um, you know, you might could do something with him. Um, who else? Maybe a Dante Martin somebody like that i mean i don't know there's a whole bunch of young people on that roster that jeff jarrett could just start a feud with getting a little bit of a promo battle give him some experience let you know get his heat maybe get a couple of wins and then at the pay-per-view let them take a win over him and it ain't going to hurt him and just use him sparingly in that role to make these younger talent look good and i think that would be great for AEW, I think it would be great for those young stars because that's what we're always complaining about. You know, these young people, these young stars, getting them over, utilize them. And that's why you have to have a balance when you bring in somebody who is that veteran, who is that quote unquote legend. And I think Jeff Jarrett will do a great job with this. And that's why I even am so high on Jeff Jarrett that, uh, People might find this unpopular, and I don't like to do it when people are actually still active in wrestling. But I think one day, uh, if he keeps up, you know, does some good stuff here in AEW that, you know, to me, Jeff Jarrett is on the short list of a possible Mount Rushmore of all-time single heels. And you're thinking, what? Because everything I told you I look for in a heel, Jeff Jarrett's done it everywhere he went. He can do decent enough on the promos enough to piss you off he can draw heat no matter what company he's in he can do something that makes you just so hate him and want to see him get beat he does know how to sell he does know how to make his opponent look good and finally he can take the l as many times as he needs to and that there when you find a wrestler that can do all those things yeah he could possibly go on my mount rushmore of single seals because i think jeff jarrett's just that good uh, so I'm looking forward to this and we'll see how it goes. Uh, apologize for that. Uh, the phone just rung there and, uh, spam call, but, uh, we're just going to keep on trucking. Uh, but yeah, so Jeff Jarrett, all elite, you know, he may even do something with the elite because we, you know, I think it's funny because if you listen to his podcast, you know, Jeff Jarrett said back in, uh, the early 90s that he rode with Sean and and Triple H and uh, uh, Nash and Hall. So it was like he, he was sort of claiming he was an unofficial member of the clique. Uh, you know, then he came and was part of the Four Horsemen. Uh, then uh, he had a stint in the NWO. 
And then he did some stuff in New Japan. And uh, I think he had a Bullet Club shirt at one time and claimed he was part of that. So, you know, all these great factions he claims he's been a part of, you know, uh, the Click, the uh, Four Horsemen, the NWO and the Bullet Club. And before it's all over and his and his uh, uh, and his career's over, he'll probably be saying he was with Kenny and the Bucks and he was part of the elite. And I just think that'd be hilarious if he said that. Uh, also, I think it would be great for Jeff Jarrett whenever they get uh, uh, BET back on television, you know, with Brandon and those cameras and those angles and the, the funny stuff they do uh, on becoming or BTE, excuse me, um, uh, on the YouTube channel that I think that would be uh, some great uh, material too. So, I'm happy to see him. I think it's going to be great. So I am glad that Double J, Jeff Jarrett, is all elite. Um, and again, those four things. Look for him in a heel, okay? Think smart. Be a smart wrestling fan, okay? Don't just get tied up and think, well, this is my favorite, or they should be winning, or they should be losing, or all that. What is their purpose? Not everyone is going to be a superstar. Not everyone is going to win the world championship. You know, not everyone's going to even win all the mid-card titles or the tag team titles. You know, I have a a discussion um, with uh, someone, I won't name them, uh, in case they may not want to be named. But we have a discussion all the time talking about Dax Harwood and saying that Dax is a great singles wrestler and he can do all this and why won't, you know, they let Dax just have a little bit of a singles run? Well, if Cash was hurt, I could see that. But right now, Dax is. I think he's a great singles wrestler. He does. He can sell. Uh, you know, he's got enough offense. He wrestles. All these things. But here's the thing. At the end of the day, I think Dax and Cash have figured out. As a singles wrestler, yeah, I might get to a mid-card title. You know, are they really going to strap the world championship on me? You know, am I going to go down and be remembered as that great world singles champion? But no, they did what they were good at and say, you know what? We're going to dedicate ourselves to tag team wrestling. They found a company that will lead them together where they don't have to break up. They can win all these belts. And now he can go down with a legacy as being, you know, possibly one of the greatest tag teams of all time. So you got to pick and choose your spots. You got to pick at where am I good at? What can I do? And that's the thing with Jeff Jarrett. All these things you can say, but at the end of the day, I think he will go down as one of the greatest heels that we've seen. You know, when they put up those top 10 and top five lists years from now, you know, we have to put Jeff Jarrett in it, you know, because he does do a great job at being a heel. And that's what we're here on The Heel Truth. We are about the heels. All right. So that's it for this week. So I hope you enjoyed that. Just a little bit about my thoughts on Jeff Jarrett. Um, remember, again, you can find us wherever you're listening to it at today. Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeart. Uh, tell your friends about it. Uh, look for the pinned tweet in the next day or two uh, at Hillbilly Hill. And you can also find my new episodes over on the Smack Draw channel. And they have YouTube. They have a Twitch. They got a Patreon. And as I said, I do exclusive uh, episodes on their Patreon. So you can go check that out. And I'll have uh, another one coming up here in a couple of weeks in November. Uh, but be sure to check out the Rewind and Bot Spots and Share Shots over there. 
And as I said, just pin tweet when it goes out. There's a lot of podcasts, a lot of accounts there that uh, I want you to take a look at. Give them a, a minute, you know, check out some of their content, you know, check out their accounts, give them a follow. And speaking of giving a follow, Apple, okay? And I know you're listening and whatever you're listening to, you know, we appreciate any five-star review that whatever you're on. But if you can, borrow somebody's phone or tablet in the family and jump over there on Apple and give that five-star review, that rating, write something, you know, and we will read them out on the air. But that just helps that algorithm because here's the thing, and I'm just going to be honest with you. I do this for fun. I love it. But you know what? It's nice to know that you are listening. And the more that Apple pushes that, the more we get those five stars, that just pushes it out into those little recommendations and things so more people can listen to it. Because right now, we've got listeners all over the world, and I appreciate each and every one of them. All over the United States, I appreciate y'all. But it seems like that that Apple is the big dog, and they get a lot of the stuff. So uh, that's why we want to push those five-star ratings and reviews. Um, I think that's probably about it. Uh, as I said, we'll have the uh, pin tweet up check out all the stuff and uh you know let me know in your uh, in the comments what you think about jeff jarrett and about him being all elite you may agree you may disagree hey leave me a leave me a something in the comments there and uh you know we can discuss it you know so got some uh guests coming up in the next few weeks we're working on so uh be sure to stay tuned for that but uh, until next time there's the real truth then there's the heel truth